Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, and welcome back to season three. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And today we are taking a journey to the elusive land of Oracle cards. Ooh, Ooh. ah. Ah. We'll explore <laughs> the light and dark side of Oracle cards. Yes, there is a dark side. How to connect with a deck (laughs) and how to start reading Oracle cards for yourself and for others. Being that our name is the otherworldly Oracle, we are excited to share our love for Oracle with you all. So grab your cuppa and settle in. Hello, Alora. Hey, hey, hey. So Alora dove into the tarot a few episodes back. And so we know that she has a lifelong love affair with the tarot. But could you tell us a little about your background with Oracle cards and how you may use them in your practice, if at all? Yeah, sure. So Oracle cards were quite different for me. I didn't even know that they existed until I was mm, 25 or so. Um, So it isn't something that I learned from childhood, um, like the tarot. It was something that was introduced to me later. And uh, I I started my very first Oracle deck actually was uh, the fairy Oracle by Brian Froud, I believe. Um, it's still one of my favorites. Um, oh my God. You, what? I'm going to, I'm about to go into that, but go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. Well, um, yeah. So that was one of my first ones. And I will say that I love Oracle, but in a different way than tarot. Um, I use Oracle in a lot of the same ways mm-hmm. that I use tarot. Um, so shadow working spell work. Um, and I, but I think Oracle cards are more useful in a daily draw scenario. Um, so Mm. like an Oracle card of the day versus a tarot card of the day. Um, because I think with tarot, you just, for me anyways, I need context. And so one card just does not help me a lot. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, because you could get you know, the, I don't know, the queen of wands, for instance, but the context of that is kind of lost when you don't have other cards to tell you that context. Um, so yeah. yeah. And I think Oracle cards are different in that regard, because I think, um, there are so many different decks. There are so many different cards that encompass all kinds of things, um, depending on what Oracle deck you're picking from. And so, in a daily sense, I think they're a lot better for me. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know if it's because they came into my life later, but Oracle cards have been a lot harder for me to access than the tarot Hmm. intuitively anyway. Very interesting. Yeah. So kitty, 
Can you tell us how you got started reading Oracle cards and why you love them so much? So funny enough, the first Oracle deck I ever owned, I believe was also Brian Froud's fairy Oracle. Shut up. I'm serious about, I'd say 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at the time I didn't cleanse or charge them like I should have. And I only brought them out every once in a while to kind of play around with them. I didn't really respect the cards like I should have. And I got a healthy dose of, oh crap, this is a scary reading handed to me one Sawan evening. Mm. <laughs> if you have had the deck or you know the deck, you know that it it, it is definitely the, the energy is fully fey. Yep. It, it could be mischievous. And not, and not like, not like Tinkerbell fey. Okay, no. people, like actual fairy. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to know what we're talking about, go back to the fairy realm episode and what was that season two? Yeah. And season two that we did, but so, and also where I lived, the property where I lived at the time, there was definitely fairy presence there. And Mm -hmm. so not taking proper precautions, first of all, um, and reading (laughs) fairy Oracle on Sawen was a big mistake on my part. So it scared me so bad that I actually got rid of the deck. Oh no. And to this day, I have not used that deck. And I'm thinking maybe I need to explore that again now that we're discussing this. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, some years later, I felt the call to pick up another deck, which I believe was Earth Magic by Stephen Farmer. Love that deck. Yes, it is a great deck. It's it's just a great deck all around, but it's also great for beginners. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend it for all types of readings as well as for learning to read Oracle. And obviously, I mean, since then I've had an addiction to Oracle and I use it all the time in my practice for myself and for others. I just think for me, Oracle is super versatile and it can really help us explore our spirituality. That's funny. And now that you, I didn't know that you only picked up Oracle 13 years ago, because mm-hmm. let's see, what, what would that have been? 20, 2008 for you? It might've been earlier than that. I was just trying to date it and I couldn't figure out like the actual year. Yeah. Cause I picked it up in 2010. Wait, no, it was probably 2008. Cause it was when I had my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I will tell you this and this is a side note, but I, when I was a teenager, I was given a set of tarot cards and it was, ugh, I don't even know. It was like the witch's tarot. It was a purple box. Mm. Um, And I, I have not been able to find that same deck since, and I don't know what happened to it, but that was like my first experience with cards, but I, I'm more of an Oracle person, obviously. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, but that's interesting. Yeah. We both had the same first Oracle deck. That's funny. That's funny. That is funny. (laughs) weird okay so (laughs) first let's talk about what are oracle cards exactly are they the same thing as tarot cards and one of our listeners cindy asked specifically for the the difference to be defined between the two okay oracle cards are not tarot cards they are two different forms of cardomancy 
Yeah, they are similar in many ways, I would say. But to define Oracle cards, these are printed decks of cards. They're illustrated with beautiful imagery, usually beautiful imagery, sometimes <laughs> cheesy, but depends on the deck, um, that evokes the reader's imagination and intuition, as well as the reader's understanding of symbols. So you can consult your Oracle cards for messages from the universe, the gods, the spirits, or your higher self. Oracle cards differ from tarot in that the um, imagery, I want to say that it varies widely, but maybe that's not a good way of explaining it. Let me say the symbols and themes of Oracle can literally be anything the artist and writer feel drawn to create, but with the tarot, the cards follow I would say like a predefined system. So absolutely. For example, the rider weight tarot deck. And there's also with tarot, typically a major and minor arcana. Yes. Or suits of cards. So for our intents and purposes in this episode, we are not learning tarot because we did that two, three episodes ago. So go back and listen to that episode if you're interested in tarot. But in this one, we're learning how to use Oracle cards. So that's all I'm going to say about tarot. So as not to confuse you any longer, but there are no specific suits or arcana in Oracle. Right. Correct. And I mean, I wonder if, I don't know, like, because there are so many different artists and authors of Oracle decks, I feel like it made it more difficult for me to work with, because if you're not vibing with the art, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. like you can forget it. Agreed. Okay. So what types of Oracle decks are there? I think the more appropriate question is what type of Oracle decks isn't out there. (laughs) There's literally thousands of kinds of Oracle decks. There's no rules or regulations as to what imagery can be used. So you will find decks, like we said, with fairies, gods and goddesses, vampires, ascended masters, numerology, herbs, trees, animals, moon phases, star seeds, runes, the list could go on and on and on. But this is part of what I love about Oracle. There's something for everyone. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably the same with tarot as well with the, with the art. But um, anyway, if you think of a specific topic or a spiritual belief that you hold, I guarantee you there's an Oracle deck for that. You know, oh, how, yeah. <laughs> you know how people say there's an app for that. I say there's an Oracle deck for that. <laughs> and you're not wrong. Like yeah. even like they even have Oracle decks for seasons, right? So they, there's a Sow, Samhain Oracle. There's a Yule Oracle. There's all kinds of Oracle decks. Yes. We were going to get into that in a bit as well. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> You okay? agenda jumper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So are Oracle cards always love and light or can they have a darker shadowy side? And we kind of touched on this in the tarot episode, but I want you to go into more depth about it here. Yeah. So I agree that many Oracle decks seem rather, I don't like using the word fluffy, but you know, like fluffed up and positive. But it really Mm. depends on the deck and the way in which you use them personally. Some Mm. of my favorite decks that have a shadowy side or a darker side, however you want to say it, include what you just were talking about, the Seasons of the Witch, the Samhain Oracle. This 
deck is awesome. I know the artist. She's actually, she did some artwork for me for some books that I wrote in the past. Mm. And anyway, her artwork is awesome. And so this deck specifically is obviously a lot about ancestral work, the underworld, shape-shifting, witchy energy. I just, I freaking love this deck so much. Um, and that is a lot of shadowy side. Uh, the whole deck is really like that, honestly. And let's see what else. Wisdom of the Hidden Realms by Colette Baron Reed. This to me is more of a, it's a balanced Oracle deck. So you do have a lot of the very pretty cards with really positive messages, but there's also cards that will smack you in the face. Wisdom of the Hidden Realms. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me, what do the cards look like? Okay. Are these the ones that look like, like each card is a doorway? Mm, can no, no. Like, so this, this deck isn't the one that has all the arches on it. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Unless I'm completely blind to the arches, but um, I've used this deck for a few years now. And I mean, so they're like one card has the desert prince and it's a, a man with a, a tiger and there's a pyramid behind him or, you know, things like that. Then there's like fairies on some of them. There's um, yeah. I'm just trying to picture it in my mind because I know that I have this deck in storage. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one it is. I can send you pictures of it. Yeah. You'll have to do that. Anyways, continue, carry on. Okay. Another one that's kind of, I mean, if you're not into writing or reading as much, if you're not a big written word, which you might not be super into it, but the literary witches Oracle deck. Ooh. Ah, yeah. It not only I'm has a, a nerd. <laughs> yeah. You would love this one. I think if you don't already have it, it has, I don't. Oh, you would like it. It's, it has a darker side, but it also introduces writing, which is to brilliant, magical female authors and writers of the past. So mm-hmm. while, while most of these women might not have called themselves witches, they were definitely, you know, boundary breakers and magical in their own way. So right. including authors like Sylvia Plath, uh, Zora Neale Hurston and Shirley Jackson, three of my all-time favorites. Mm. And the last deck that I would recommend is the fairy forest Oracle by Lucy Cavendish. I yes, think I have that one. you have that one. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I think you'll find quite a few of the fairy Oracle decks, at least the really good ones have, they also evoke that mischievous or, you know, darker face side as well as the lighter side. Mm. Cause that's truly but how I, the fae are. Well, you want to know something funny that particular, the fairy forest Oracle, mm-hmm. that is one that creeps me out far greater than, um, the Brian Froud deck. Really? So I, yeah. So I use it way less often. Why? Than I, probably should. I t- it just freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> like, because it does have that darker side. Like, yeah, it does. It doesn't, it's not mm, every time I use that deck, it's not good news. Okay. So okay. Yeah. Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of how the Brian Froud was with me. And I was like, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. 
Oh man. But can you use Oracle cards in shadow work then? Absolutely. I often use Oracle in my own personal shadow work and I use them to read past lives for others as well. Hmm. There's never a past life reading that I've done that doesn't have some sort of shadow work naturally included in it. Right. Because that's all about trauma. Exactly. The whole reason past lives are brought up in readings, it's not just for entertainment purposes. I think when you think that the past life reading is just going to be all fun and and games, it's, it's not, (laughs) it's also to help the person integrate past traumas and lessons to heal in this life. And Mm. I think it's about picking the right Oracle deck and learning to go beyond the superficial, the superficial messages on the cards or that are in the provided guidebook. Right. I feel Oracle is sort of like tarot in one specific way. If you're not getting a message or you're ignoring a specific shadow of yours, that the cards will keep bringing that shadow to the surface until you face it. Um, Not every Oracle deck is like this, but many can be, I've found. Yeah. The past life thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually love using um, the Oracle of shadows and light for that. Actually, I don't know what that one is. So that the artistry is done by Jasmine Beckett Griffith. And I believe it's Lucy Cavendish that writes the book. Um, I like, but it's Cavendish, but it's, um, yeah, I'll have to show you, but Jasmine, but I'm a huge fan of Jasmine Beckett Griffith's art. So I don't know if I know her stuff. I need to look this up now too. What? What? Um, she has like a million Oracle decks, dude. Huh? You've seen them. I'll send I, you a picture and you'll be like, oh yeah. I like using wisdom of the hidden realms for past life readings because I feel like there's for past life readings and doing them with cards. For me, I like to have cards that have characters, but also like settings and mm. different themes. Does that make sense? So you, if you have like an angel deck or something, there's no way I'm going to be able to use that for a past life reading. I mean, I guess I could, but it just wouldn't be as easy. Well, <laughs> I think the ancestors and angels Oracle works well too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, that I've used okay. that before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, moving oh, sorry. on. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you use Oracle cards and in what ways can they be used personally and when reading others? So as we've been discussing, they can be used for shadow work, but also like Laura said, for daily messages and reminders, you can Hmm. pull one card and place it somewhere that you see it so that you can meditate on the meaning over the day for, they can be used for past life readings. Also to clarify on situations where you need more information or to get a glimpse into the future. But Mm. um, also, as Alora mentioned in the Tarot for Beginners episode, you can use Oracle cards as well in your spell work as decorations and to connect with deities and ancestors. I actually have a specific deck that I use to speak directly to Odin, no one else. And a specific deck that I use to communicate with Kleena, no one else. I've done the same method with ancestors too. It's really effective and it makes that deity or line of ancestors feel they have a direct line of communication with you. And it's an easier way of communication for beginners who maybe don't read signs and omens well yet. I would recommend that. Oh, yes, girl. I know. A, I know a couple of people right off the top of my head that could use this tip. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, I mean, it just makes it easier, you know, especially in the beginning, or even if you're in the beginning of developing a relationship with a deity, it's a good method. Or if you're being, you know, if you're being lazy, well, <laughs> yes. those of us, I mean, for those of us who've had a practice for a long time, sometimes it's just easier to be, um, I don't know. Cause sometimes you just want to be told you don't want to figure it out. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. It's good. It's a good, um, method of con of, uh, confirmation basically. Mm. So for instance, this past week, I've gotten messages through, I would get one message through a dream, then one message in, you know, reality, like the animal I would see in the dream, then once in real life. And then I would pull an Oracle card and that animal would pop up again. So it's kind of like, it can be a part of a trifecta <laughs> as well. Right. No, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about cleansing and charging all kinds of witchcraft tools, tarot decks, and now Oracle decks. What about cleansing and charging those? Okay. Well, you obviously have to cleanse and charge your Oracle decks. If you don't, you'll wind up in a situation like what I had on Samhain Eve, you know, 10 years or however long ago it was 13 years ago. <laughs> um, but I don't really want to get into the details of cleansing, cleansing and charging here. So, you know, make sure you cleanse them when you first acquire them and between readings, especially for other people and just as needed. And then obviously you want to continually charge your decks with a crystal or what have you. If you want to learn more about cleansing and charging, you can go back to season two and listen to the cleansing and charging episode, or you can go to the tarot card episode at the beginning of season three. And what about connecting with a specific deck? Like what happens if you don't vibe with it? We also covered a little bit of this in the tarot episode, but connecting with a deck is simply about using it often. In my opinion, you can also sleep with it under your pillow too, carry it with you in your purse and use it when you have free time at work. It's like developing a relationship with a friend. You have to kind of take the time to get to know it. And I guess if you don't vibe with the deck, which does happen, that's, it's happened with me. You mm. can always give the deck away or just keep it as a collector's item even. Yeah. And just to, I, I guess I just want to add, you know, if you're doing all these things and you're still not vibing with a deck, it is okay to not vibe with that deck. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with you. There's, you know, it's not that you aren't meant to be reading Oracle cards in that instance. It's just that that deck and you are not meant to be together. <laughs> It's just not meant to be. I agree. So, uh, I've had, I've yeah. had decks where I'm like, yep, nope. Don't like it next. <laughs> yeah. And a lot I don't of people, waste my time. A lot of people just gift them away because, mm -hmm. you know, somebody else will connect with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what about spreads Are spreads a thing? And is there a specific way to shuffle? Like, how does that all work? Well, uh, spreads are, you know, you lay down a certain amount of cards. They could be laid down in a certain pattern and each position of the cards may mean a specific thing or an answer to a specific question, et cetera, et cetera. I do mm. use spreads sometimes, mo mostly just like the three card spread, you know, past, present, future, 
yada, yada, yada. But I think mostly I read them in, in like a story type situation. I don't know. We discussed this, um, a little bit further in the tarot episode as well, but I mean, I think a three card spread is probably the best and easiest for beginners. Right. As far as shuffling, we're not going to get into our shuffling debate, but you're mm-hmm. either a riffle shuffler like me, who's or the coolest over. or hand over hand <laughs> like me. Who's the awesomest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's other ways of shuffling, but those are the main ways, right? Yes. I mean, if you want to get fancy, like a Las Vegas dealer, go for it. But I mean, for the most part, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Listener questions. Here we go. Mm. Melinda asks, what are reading cards that have been reversed? Or what about reading cards that have been reversed? My bad. Got it. Got it. Truthfully, I know a lot of people do reverse cards. I don't have any problem with that, but personally, I don't typically read them reverse. When Mm -hmm. I started out learning how to read Oracle cards, I did. It made it easier for me to understand the shadow aspects in a reading versus the positive or, you know, more out in the open messages. Hmm. Now I don't read reversals because I don't feel like I need to. It's hard to explain, but I can see and feel the message in a reading, both the dark and light aspects without having to flip the card, you know, without having the card flipped upside down, I can see the problems and the solutions. And so I don't know, I say practice and start by using the reverse cards. And then if you feel comfortable reading without them, then you can switch your method. Yeah. And I would just go so far as to say like, if you read reversals, it doesn't mean that you're any less adept at reading Oracle cards. Um, oh yeah. No, sorry. I don't mean it for to sound like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just, I just mean like some people do, some people don't it's personal preference really. Yeah. I think. Agreed. Yeah. And that's why I said, it. you know, it might not be for everybody, but that's just how I feel about it now. <laughs> All right. Next listener question. How can we start reading Oracle cards for ourselves and for others? Tamara asks, where do I start with reading my Oracle deck? Okay. So first you want to start by learning to read for yourself. I believe before you read for others, would you agree? Amen. I recommend (laughs) starting an Oracle card journal, or at least keeping a, like a specific section in your grimoire dedicated to your Oracle journey. Choose one card a day or even one card a week, if that's all you can manage and really meditate on what that card means to you and to your life currently. And you'll also find that throughout the day or for however long it is that you keep the card out, that there will be other synchronicities that come up to back up the card, the Mm. message of the card. I also recommend for beginners using what I call the three pillars of divination So these are the three pillars are observation, intuition, and symbolism. So observation means that you're looking at the card in depth, looking at everything on the card, all the details, the main message. Um, You're also going to be using your intuition, which I say, write down your first initial thought that pops into your mind or whatever feeling you get. However, whatever sensation comes up first, be it a thought or a feeling 
um, write that down. That is definitely your intuition speaking in my experience. And I've found that it's always right. And the third part being symbolism, you're identifying the obvious and not so obvious symbols in the cards. So what are the artists and authors trying to convey, but also what do these symbols mean to you personally? Yes. And this is how you make an Oracle dictionary slash encyclopedia for yourself. Mm -hmm. Which truthfully I have not done, but it's a great idea. (laughs) Oh, I definitely did it with, um, the fairy Oracle. That's awesome. I had to, because they were so, they're so, I just can't even explain how intricate that deck is. Yeah. That deck scares me (laughs) still. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. When you get comfortable reading, let's say one card for yourself, then you can move up to three cards spread, and then you can even move up from there. There's a lot of popular spreads on Pinterest. You can go on there to get different, like there's literally hundreds of different spreads on there, but a more popular one is the Celtic cross. Um, Mm. you know, basically each card is in a specific position and each position means a specific thing answered to a specific question, what have you. Okay. Next reading for others. Once you feel comfortable reading for yourself, you can move on to reading for others. If you so choose, make sure you cleanse the space and the cards first. The person that you're reading for may have a specific question or just want a general reading from you. I like general readings the best. I Mm. always ask my guides and their guides to be present for the reading and that the reading will be for the highest good of all, that it be healing and enlightening to the recipient. You can burn incense. You can have your favorite crystals nearby. You can burn burn candles. You can put on music whatever gets you into that otherworldly divination mindset into that liminal space. Exactly. Yes. The liminal space shuffle the cards and focus on the question or the recipients, excuse me, and, or the recipients energy. Then you can cut the deck and lay out the cards. Some people have the recipient cut the deck and lay out the card, or at least cut the deck themselves. That's totally up to you. It's personal preference. But um, again, how many cards you lay out and whether you use a set spread or you just do a story type reading is also up to you. You can experiment with both. Mm. And then you use the three pillars of divination to give the message to the recipient through the Oracle cards. Following that, I typically like to cleanse the deck after a reading for another person as well. Yes, always, always a good idea. Anything to add to that? Um, no, I think you explained it beautifully. I mean, there's a lot of different little details that we could go into as far as learning how to read the Oracle, but you're just going to have to muddle your way through when you learn and practice, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I hear from people all the time that they, I mean, this applies with tarot too, but they're really hesitant to read for other people because they haven't been reading that long. And you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And what I have to say to that is you're not going to be comfortable with reading for other people until you start doing it. That's true. Um, that being said, I would say you need to give yourself a good six months of practice on yourself, Mm -hmm. um, before thinking about other people. 
Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, even just doing like, you know, a reading for a friend who you're, you know, just tell them, Hey, I want to practice or are you, you know, are you open to a reading or your mom, even my mom lets me do readings for her. I say, lets me, but she'll ask me, excuse me, to do readings for her. But, and, you know, years ago, um, you know, you can practice on people that are close to you that are open-minded, I guess. Right. So, yeah. And then you have to be careful once you open that door, because then you can't close it. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) And then you have people saying, you know, give me a reading, give me a reading. Oh yeah. Well, luckily I haven't had anybody that's been too pushy about that, but yes, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being a nurse though. Like people learn you're, you're a nurse in the family and they call you and they're like, I have this rash. Yep. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, okay, like (laughs) I'm not there and I don't know what your rash is anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Random. Sorry, y'all. Okay. So I guess our listeners want to know what our favorite Oracle decks are. Yes. You want to go first? Okay. I can go first. I would Um, love to hear this. So earth warriors by Alana Fairchild is one of my favorites. Um, it's hard to describe the artwork is beautiful. Um, and it's definitely different. Um, any Oracle illustrated by Jasmine Beckett Griffith, because I love her art, which I said, uh, just a little while back, but I don't know if this is still true, but at one point she was the artist that was contracted to draw Tinkerbell for Disney. She has a studio at Disney, um, but her artwork is phenomenal. Um, And some of her decks are um, the Oracle of Shadows and Light. Oh my God. I love it. I'm looking at it right now. The Oracle of the Shapeshifters. She's got a vampire. vampire. vampire or whatever. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So she has a ton. Um, the fairies Oracle, uh, like I've been saying by Brian Froud and Jessica Macbeth, if you want to be scared out of your mind, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But he, um, for those who don't know, he was actually an artist that did all the creatures for the labyrinth Mm -hmm. one with David Bowie. Oh yeah. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. So those creatures are, if you loved the labyrinth and that didn't scare you too bad, those are the types of creatures that appear in the fairies Oracle. Uh Um, and I could literally be here all day because there are a lot of Oracle decks that I, that I love out there. Hmm. Um, I have to say that I'm not a huge, uh, Colette Baron Reed fan. Um, after well after the whole fallout with doreen virtue and then she made um uh, she made an oracle with um goddesses and kali was not well represented um oh really yeah it was just very whitewashed so oh bummer yeah but um but yeah, there are a ton of Oracle decks out there that I love. There's actually an herbal one that I really want to get. And I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me, but there is an herbal or an herbalist Oracle. That's really good. And it's pretty green weird. witch. No. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. 
but yeah. So what about you, Kitty? What are your favorite ones? I mean, I think I've mentioned the ones that I really love, but the seasons of the witch, the Samhain Oracle, I will talk about that one forever. And I'm really super pumped to order the Yule version that's coming out this month. Woo woo. Yeah. The artist's name is uh, Giada Rose. Mm. And she has a very specific style of, you know, drawing that I just freaking love. And I should post some of the artwork that she did for me. This is before she did the Oracle deck. And it's kind of funny because I saw the Oracle cards in the group and I was like, man, I really, that artwork looks so familiar. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God, that's the, that's the girl that did the artwork for my book for familiar spirits. Um, at least some of it like promo stuff. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's amazing. And the Yule deck is looking freaking gorgeous. So I'm excited for that to come out, but yeah, fairy forest by Lucy Cavendish. I use that a lot and Mm. also wisdom of the hidden realms by Colette Baron Reed. I know you're not a big fan of hers, but I do like that deck a lot as well. No, I mean, I like some of her older decks, but I, but I think it's post Doreen virtue, having a mental breakdown, um, or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the decks that have come out since then are just, I'm just like not feeling it. Gotcha. All right. Ready to wrap it up. I think we are. All right. Check out our articles on Oracle cards at otherworldlyoracle.com. Just type Oracle cards into the search bar. We welcome you to join our high vibing Facebook group and visit my website at alorarain.com for tarot and numerology readings, as well as soul origin profiling. Shout out to all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning subscribe or favorite our podcast to be notified of future episodes, help your magical sisters out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors stay otherworldly.